most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this. More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact. Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents the Jim Ross Report. (laughs) With WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross. And now, the man himself, good old JR. Well, Happy New Year, everybody, and thanks for joining us here on the Jim Ross Report. I am good old JR, and... uh, pleasure to welcome you back to our program our first show of 2019 hope you have a great one that's our choice folks to make your days great and uh, just will yourself to happiness and success i do believe that does work i do re- certainly uh encourage you to subscribe to our program on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify tune in stitcher or however you listen to your Slaver Knocker audio. And don't forget to leave us that five-star rating that we covet so much, that we embrace so much, the five-star ratings. Are you man or woman enough to leave me a five-star rating? We'll see. Uh, on today's show, i got part two of the Jim Cornette conversation, uh, which you don't want to miss because he is uncensored and and uh, maybe I've prompted him a little bit. Who knows? Great interview, though, with Jim Cornette today, part two. And uh, also going to talk to Impact Wrestling's play-by-play man, my friend Josh Matthews, who I worked with at WWE back in the day. So we'll talk about that. They have a big event called Homecoming on Pay-Per-View this Sunday that I will be watching on the Fight app, F-I-T-E, the Fight app, which I encourage you to download as well. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, like it or not, here's what's on my mind. Man, I tell you, just before we went on the air today to record this show, uh, I got word that uh, my dear friend Gene Okerlund passed away just a few hours ago as I record this at the age of 76. Uh, and I, I, it took my breath. I couldn't really believe what I was hearing. I didn't want to believe what I was hearing. I wanted to be able to pick up the phone and call Oaks and ask him what he thought about Monday's game between Alabama and Clemson. Uh, or what did he have for dinner last night? What did you do on New Year's Eve? The last time I saw Gene was uh, at uh, WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh I got there on Friday. Gene was already in the bar, setting down. He had been a little unsteady. You know, he told me he's having a hard time maintaining his balance. He was getting fatigued easier. But for a guy that had, I think, two uh, transplant uh, procedures done, and being 76 years old and working like a Trojan, you know, I can so much identify with Gene Okerlund's life, especially the latter stages of his life. Uh, we both were overachievers, and he had this unique skill that uh, will never be matched because he had instincts. He had practical product knowledge, 
he learned in the territory system the uh, the inner workings of wrestling creative and how to enhance stars with what he, by what he said. So uh, Gene was a special, special talent. And God almighty, what, we, what all of us broadcasters wouldn't give for his pipes. Nobody sounded more with that great baritone and clear, the resonant, what a voice, Gene Oakland. So we had a couple of cocktails, maybe three. And then uh, we adjourned. Uh, he was going to his room to watch the Oklahoma-West Virginia game, as was I in my room. And uh, then I saw him the next day uh, at the uh, Russellcade event, and that was it. I left uh, that afternoon to fly back home, and I never saw him again. Tomorrows are never guaranteed. No truer words ever spoken. Gene, when I got to WWE in 1993, was one of the handful of people that accepted me. Even though Vince hired me, and that went a long way, obviously, there were people uh, in various departments that did not uh, covet my uh, friendship. That did not include Gene Okerlund or Bobby Heenan or Gorilla Monsoon. They were my guardian angels. I grew in a very, perhaps, uh, troublesome short time to grow to trust them, all three of them. And and the old naysayers and the old-time guys in the wrestling business say you should never trust anybody can't live my life that way but I, uh, I i just have so much love and respect for gene and he was such a wonderful friend he was there for me when uh when when jan got killed you know things that go on behind the scenes the conversations that one has you don't share with everybody so i i knew i was going to do this little uh i haven't written anything down i know that gene was 76 that's what i had written down uh, but God, I want to miss him. Big part of our business went to heaven today. And can you imagine Monsoon and Heenan and Heenan doing that toilet paper gimmick where he's got the toilet paper stuck out of his shoe, stringing back, and Monsoon saying, Will you stop? God's watching. As they welcome uh, Mean Gene at the pearly gates. Quite the scene. So, uh, Mean Gene, my friend, will be missed. I will see you again at some point in time, I I certainly hope. Mean Gene Okerlund, gone but never forgotten at the age of 76. But we've got to move on, folks, and uh, I had a great holiday weekend. You know, I saw my, my two daughters, their husbands, and their grandchildren were at my house. Spent the day. That was a nice visit. And most of them, well, part of them spent the night. So I got two meals out of them. We got some great food. I uh, brought in some food from, uh, from uh, Tara Mahara in Norman, Oklahoma. It's a Mexican place. God, it's good. So Tara Mahara provided the, uh, the post-Christmas 
uh, December 28th meal. It was darn good. Went to see the Thunder play uh, Dallas, the Mavs, on New Year's Eve. Went to dinner again. That's all I've done is eat at uh, a great place, Mahogany Prime Steakhouse. It's as good as it gets. Anywhere I've traveled in the world, Mahogany in Oklahoma City is a bad mamma-jamma. Good stuff. Watched a lot of football in the first. Uh, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So I didn't do anything unusual. I did everything I wanted to do. Nothing. I asked my grandpa one time, I said, Grandpa, what are you going to do today? And he said, you know, a little whiskey on his breath, not a goddamn thing. And I'm not going to stop either. I've always remembered that. Uh, a lot of uh, intrigue about more developments coming out about uh, all elite wrestling, AEW. Uh, New Year's Eve announcement, uh, some of the parties are, are, being, are, are being identified, I should say. Uh, Tony Khan is going to be the president of the company. His father owns the Jacksonville Jaguars and, uh, and Fulham and, uh, and soccer, big-time soccer in the U.K., and I'm not as versed on that as I should be, I assume. So I don't want to be offended by any of my, our, our British uh, and U.K. in general listeners. Uh, but Tony's going to be the boss. Very bright young man. I've met him before this idea was ever hatched. And uh, he came to the first weekend with Alex Marvez, uh, one of the voices of uh, the NFL on Sirius XM, uh, NFL staple. Alex introduced me to Tony at our hotel the weekend that we had the doubleheader in Long Beach with New Japan. So he flew from Florida to Long Beach to go to wrestling. So we, we met and hung out and had a few beers and, you know, just did talk guy stuff, basically wrestling. So, uh, that's my relationship with Tony. I haven't seen him in, since, uh, I saw him at all in passing him in the hallway. Uh, so, but he's a great kid. He's very, very smart, very introspective, very analytical. Very guarded and very uh, prepared, data-wise. Uh, but he's a huge fan, and he has a he has a, in, a unique instinct uh, and perspective on wrestling. I believe the company has a chance of working if it gets a good solid television clearance, because you got to be up for the Joneses to get considered to be one of the Joneses. Uh, I don't see that this new company is going to even attempt. If, if they do, they're wasting valuable time on things they can't control. But I don't see them spending a lot of time in trying to beat or knock WWE off the top of the ladder or beat WWE. It's not going to happen. Sorry. That's not a negative. It's not, we, live in a, uh, we live in a society where it's all or nothing. Well, if you can't beat WWE, then you're not a very good company. Really. Where did you get that brilliant idea, Einstein? Gee, me Christmas. I think that the, the brand could be athletically oriented. Athletic presentation would be my vote. Uh, don't make me roll my eyes when I see things that just are, are, are impossible to comprehend. Eye rolling is not good. 
there's too much of that when you hear wrestling today on just about any show you want to enjoy or experience might be a better word. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm like a lot of folks, you know, my name's been bandied around because people know I'm going to be, uh, my contract at WWE is going to end in March. Uh, so what? Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not really concerned about it. I'm more concerned about celebrating my 67th birthday this week. Now, by God, that's sobering. <laughs> it's not the thought of unemployment that bothers me. But I'm going to be I'm going to be doing this podcast. Maybe do more. So I don't know what's uh, the future holds, but it's something I don't worry about, because many aspects of that are are things I cannot control. And you guys have been listening to me long enough to know that I'm not going to invest a lot of time in drama and uh, you know and, and and to put my skin in the game over something I can't control uh, or influence. Ain't going to happen. I used to. Makes no sense. So uh, Tuesday, the uh, uh, January eighth, five o'clock in in Jacksonville. I think SmackDown's in town that night too. Interesting. Uh, the uh, they're gonna have a, the AEW guys are gonna have a big uh, rally, I guess, for lack of a better term, and uh, they're gonna be announcing some details that that uh, are heretofore unknown. I'll just say this: They, I don't think that the they would have rolled out all this information, and 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 different administration pieces, like Cody uh, Rhodes being uh, EVP, uh, without having everything almost in place. Everything almost in place to me means they they. I think that they're very very close if they're not already in theory, or a handshake or something more official than not with television in hand. Uh, and I would think that that television, I mean, to make this work and, and, and to maximize the, the, the investment, it's got to be on weekly. And if, so therefore, if it's going to be on weekly, it's got to be on in prime time weekly. So it's got to look good. No matter what, it's got to look good. It's got to be well lit. It's got great graphics. It's got to have superior audio. Every whistle and bell and new technique you can get should be uh, considered. But from bell to bell, it should be about the athletic competition of highly skilled, extroverted performers doing their thing. If they do that, you know, who knows? It's good for the business, and I'm all about being good for the business. Why in the hell do I promote all these little these things that go on in the wrestling business? Uh, I'm not getting paid for it. I'm doing it because I want to help. I want to play it forward a little bit. So my thoughts are is that it's good for the wrestling business. It gives people more places to work, more opportunities. And you know, for a lot of people, all you ask for is an opportunity. I've been asking for opportunities my entire career. No problem. All right, uh, moving on. I, I, I enjoyed the interaction with Becky Lynch and John Cena. I thought that was well done. Uh, it, it, it helped my attention. And I, I was very uh, happy with the efforts of both parties. Uh, 
John gave Becky a great rub, as they say, in the business. Um, I don't know how Raw's going to do this Monday, even though they got Brock Lesnar coming back. Paul Heyman's going to be there, of course, with Brock. Uh, Cena, John Cena back on Raw Monday. Braun Strowman back on Raw Monday. But it's up against the uh, BCS National Championship football game pitting Alabama against uh, Clemson. I, I got friends, Conrad Thompson and others, uh, that are big uh, Alabama fans. Uh, Deborah McMichael is a, I think she's got her master's degree from Alabama. Uh, but they're all nice to me when they, they spanked our team, the Sooners and the Orange Bowl, more on that in a few moments, not much more. Uh, so, but that, that Alabama Clemson game is going to get a huge rating. The two very best teams in college football, this is the blow-off. They've had their angle. They shot their promos. Uh, they've had the, each have got their wins. Now they're, they're, they're going to meet at the river. Both teams have not lost. So it's, the drama's all there. What, what a great story that is to tell, right? That'll be hard to, for Raw to catch anybody's attention on that one. But it might be a DVR show. That might be what you need to do. I plan on watching football, but I'm going to DVR Raw. So I'll get them both in, but I like to watch the football live, live, uh, because it's the last game. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, the uh, somebody said, I made this comment on, on Twitter about uh, the social media interaction, why I perceive that many or more of the women in WWE uh, utilize more succinctly and more strategically social media than do many of their male counterparts. I did not say anywhere in that whole uh, statement that the women were smarter than the men, uh, that the men were lazy, that the men were entitled, uh, nothing. I'm just asking a question to create some thought and some conversation so that maybe some of these cats and some of the women too could do a better job uh, promoting themselves on social media. It's, it, some of them are doing it f- famously, but some don't do hardly any. Uh, this didn't make sense to me. So uh, I asked that question, and it kind of got tied in with the fact that, you know, I said, uh, I've said this before, that a woman could headline WrestleMania, or women, i.e. Becky, Rhonda, and Charlotte, uh, Rousey's got to be in the main event at WrestleMania in some form, either the final final or the close to top final. And who's it with? Is it Becky and or Charlotte? And what do you do with uh, Oscar, who I think is big money in? Uh, but anyway, that's, another, that's a booking issue I can't, I, I don't, I can't handle. I can't handle this. Uh, but there was, we talked about people being over right now. It should be all hands on deck to get over, use every tool at your disposal to get your character and your television persona over. Cause let me tell you, when you don't sell out the garden on the day after Christmas and you got tarped off, uh, sections in the Nassau Coliseum on that Christmas run. Something's not working. And I, 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 don't, I haven't talked to Vince about this, but I, I know what he's going to say. 
we're not providing what the audience wants to see. Well, there's a, that's, a, that's a big problem. But I, 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 I just, so who is over? I don't know who's over. But there ain't enough people over. I saw where WWE signed Pat McAfee to a contract. He's going to be doing, creating some content. Uh, and there's, they have a lot of platforms for that. Pat's a uh, former punter, as I said, for the NFL, uh, Indianapolis Colts. He also did a, a Fox Sports uh, NFL game here recently. Did a nice job, too. So uh, we'll see what – I can't imagine him being a behind-the-scenes guy. He's got too big a personality. Uh, you know, I, I did not watch uh, any of USC 232 because I was watching my Sooners in the Orange Bowl. That was another fight. But I believe more in my Sooners because I have an emotional investment in that team and in the game. Uh, I, ha- I, don't, I, didn't feel any, I didn't feel any attachment to uh, the USC on Saturday night. I'm a fan of Chris Cyborg, bad night for her. Uh, I'm not a big fan of John Jones. I've never met him, don't know him. Maybe I should have him on the podcast, tell his side of the story. But he's got a dirty, harmed reputation. And then the, one of the biggest storylines out of the fight comes from Dana White uh, uh, giving uh, Darren Rovell the business. It's just not something's not work clicking there for me. And maybe moving to ESPN will make that happen because you got to believe there'll be higher, there'll be more production elements. Everybody's got their best foot forward in the beginning of this deal. It was a big, big money deal for ESPN. It'll it'll look different. It'll feel different. And so then if they can, you know, continue to develop fighters and get, uh, and, and, and they just keep looking for attractions. I said it many times, right? Pay-per-view business is all about attractions. Star power. Floyd Mayweather made about a zillion dollars over the weekend uh, in Japan. He knocked out a kickboxer who'd never had a boxing match. Good booking, Floyd. He was protected. He was safe. It was only to go three rounds anyway, and the kickboxer couldn't kick. And he'd never boxed. You do the math. Well, Floyd did the math. Millions and millions of dollars. Maybe his people should be uh, working in the White House. I saw where uh, day after Christmas, Hiroshi Tanahashi announced that he had re-signed with New Japan. That's not a that's not a surprise. He's one of the building blocks, one of the foundation pieces of that company. I fully expect him to beat Kenny Omega at uh, Wrestle Kingdom uh, that I'll be watching on the Fight app. Uh, and then I'll watch it again on Access TV Friday night. Same day coverage on Access TV of Wrestle Kingdom on, uh, on, uh, on Friday night. Got to check that out, man. So, I, But I do say this. Omega and Tanahashi, with all the talk of who's leaving, who's staying, who's going here, who's going there, whatever, whatever, uh, you know they're going to turn it loose. They got to close the show, and look what's on that show. It's amazing. It's a, it's a, it's a phenomenal card. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, on a little, uh, to show you I'm still a capitalist, uh, Ryan Barkin's Pro Wrestling Tees is holding a big sale site-wide, 20% off. 
big sale tees, uh, size up to 5X uh, in celebration of uh, Wrestle Kingdom 13. Use coupon code Wrestle Kingdom. And uh, a lot of JR shirts there available. Say 20% on them. And if you, for you plus size cats, up to 5X. That's full grown. You know, we all like these feuds, these rivalries. You know, when I first went to WWE, I couldn't use the word feud because it sounded too much like wrestling. But I could use rivalry. Uh, so the best feud, uh, maybe outside pro wrestling, is Fox Sports' Colin Cowherd and uh, my boy Becker Mayfield, quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. I think Colin's smart. He's damn sure entertaining. And certainly Baker is one of a kind and a very beloved character because Baker's living the life in a style and a manner that a lot of people would love to uh, replicate. We would. Come on. Be honest about it. You ain't got to say it in public. You're just listening to me now. Just between you and I. I got your back on this. There's a lot of people want to be like Baker Mayfield. Cool kid in class. He's tough. Good looking. Throw a football. Got money. He's just one of the boys. He really is, by the way. But Colin has hit the. He's Colin's so good about identifying some of his uh, his quote unquote victims. I love it. Colin's a talented dude. Talented dude. I'm glad I didn't go into coaching because there's a lot of NFL dudes out of work right now. Uh, I think I think I saw seven or eight coaches. Uh, uh, were replaced or, or fired. It's amazing. Black Monday. Next thing there'll be T-shirts. Black Monday. Then there'll be a political uproar. Why does that have to be Black Monday? I don't know. You named it, not me. Uh, you know, I, I saw I got a lot of pictures over the holidays from people that got slobber knocker uh, for Christmas present, which I love to see those pictures. I'd love to hear what you think about our book, uh, and if you, how did you, how did you access it? Hard hardcover, uh, you know, audio book, uh, ebook. What was your, what was the deal? All that stuff helps us because we're writing. Apollo Brown and I are writing uh, the second, uh, the sequel, or the rest of the story actually, uh, to uh, Slobberknocker, and pick it pick it up where we left off, and then move the story forward, and that would entail you know a lot of really cool times. You know, the Monday Night Wars and the Attitude Era and the original XFL and, you know, all kinds of things in that in that time frame, uh, including the, uh, you know, the things that happened to me in my personal life. So uh, I think it'll be a very compelling book. And uh, Paul's brilliant. And so we're going to just tell the truth and be open and honest and, and uh, maybe help some people because I sure as hell wasn't perfect. Uh, and speaking of the books, the signed books are also available in the UK at Kenny McIntosh's uh, website, uh, insidetheropes.co.uk, uh, and they're all signed. Kenny's got them in his refrigerator. Uh, they're cool. Uh, WW Shop has been running some sales on our products. That's kind of neat. They had, at one time, they had a 40% off sale. They had a 25% off sale. So every now and then, if you think about it, or book market, whatever you smart people do, uh, www.shop.com, and I have a page there with all our stuff on it. 
and uh, getting great feedback from you guys that are taking photos uh, from uh, the Ingle stores. Uh, they're in six states, over 200 stores. JR's uh, products on the shelf. We're very proud to be affiliated with Ingles Markets. And uh, they, uh, so if you go buy one and you and see our stuff on the shelf, just take a little picture with your phone and, and tweet it to me at JRSBBQ. And I appreciate it. I agree to, uh, I got to probably gonna do more of cons, those comic con type things in 2019. At least that's a thought. Uh, I'm going to be at the Steel City Con in uh, Monroeville, Pennsylvania, which is, a, of course, a Pittsburgh suburb. We had a great uh, book signing there back in the day at Barnes & Noble there in, in uh, Monroeville. Really loved that presentation. I'm going to be there in April, uh, Friday the 12th through Saturday, Sunday the 14th. Friday the 12th of April through Sunday the 14th in the Steel City Con in Monroeville. For more info on my appearance coming to Monroeville, PA, uh, simply go to steelcitycon.com, steelcitycon.com, and uh, look forward to seeing everybody there for that big event. They got they got a lot of big big they got a lot of talent there, a lot of talent. Why am I there? I don't know. <laughs> Call Steve Wolf book me. Uh, on uh, remember Sunday morning, April the seventh, I'll be. Uh, working with a two-man power trip team, uh, WrestleMania morning at the Midlands Park Hotel, uh, autographs and, and really a unique uh, eclectic array of former footballers and athletic people. How I am in that group either. I have no clue. Don't ask me now. Should be a lot of fun with the two-man power trip guys. WrestleMania morning uh, and uh, Midlands Plaza Hotel. A lot of time left for that event. We'll give you all the ticket information. Uh, you can follow the at two men power trip guys on Twitter. I'm sure they have it all there as well. So, uh, but, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun on that. It's, it's a big day. Should be full of excitement and anticipation. So, uh, keep, try to keep that in mind if you can. And then finally, I'll be headed up to Iowa to the Dan Gable museum in Waterloo, uh, to attend the George Tragus Luthes professional wrestling hall of fame, uh, induction on July 25, 26, and 27. Uh, uh, it's What a fun, relaxing, true pro wrestling fan environment. Family-friendly, affordable. The, the museum itself is worth the price of any admission. And then the banquet and meeting all the stars and all these great things that are going on in a very family-controlled uh, really caring atmosphere and uh, check out at wrestling museum on Twitter at wrestling museum on Twitter. Uh, and I know they have all the information. They have a great website as well. So uh, check all that out. That's in July. I know it's a little far off, but they do such great work and they're really a, a fine, fine organization. And I know the one thing I'm going to regret is uh, going there this year and not seeing Larry Hennig. God dang it. Just I'd love to get all those guys back, you know. One more one more round, you know. Uh I mentioned earlier I had some football activities. I watched OU fail play on Saturday night. I'm not gonna be labor with a lot of crying because we got beat by a better team. Uh and uh, no questions asked. So uh I, I am proud of my football team and what they represent and the fact that we've got a great young coach who's just signed an extension and got a huge raise 
very well deserved, by the way, to keep this machine fed and keep it rolling. They had a great recruiting year. They got another recruiting year lined up that's starting to shape up already uh, very, very nicely. Great facilities. I'm a season ticket holder. I got, a, I got access to a suite and uh, six other tickets. I'm ticket poor. <laughs> but I enjoy every minute of it. So I, I, my hat's off to these guys. Uh, uh, they played hard. They were down, getting pounded on. These, these uh, just absolutely debilitating uh, body punches by Alabama. And they fought it off. They, they withstood. And they didn't fold their tent and go home. For that, I'm very proud. But boy, I tell you, out the Crimson Tide, they're bad. That number 92, Quentin Williams, if he ain't the first pick of the draft, then somebody ain't paying attention. Unless there's still the the insatiable desire to to, to draft a quarterback. Everybody's all every year. Everybody's always looking for a quarterback. Isn't that amazing? I guess that tells you if you want your kid to go to the NFL. Put a ball in his hand, have him start throwing the football. He's about four. Uh, surprised to see Texas uh, beat Georgia. I know that didn't make my friend Tony Schiavone feel good. Tony was there in the booth producing that game for uh, Georgia football. I was surprised. But, man, it looked to me like that uh, Texas lined up and beat them physically. And I, I never thought that was going to happen, not because Texas was weak, because I didn't think – that would, that could happen to a big, talented uh, Georgia team. It did. Kind of glad to see the Ohio State game turn out as it was. Urban gets a nice go-away present. He, he won his last game. Now go on. See you. Get, take care of your health, mental health, uh, and see how life's going to be when you're not in the spotlight. Can you handle it, Urban? Fiesta Bowl, enjoyed that. I enjoy watching uh, uh, Ed Orgeron on the sideline of the LSU games. He's my kind of guy. On a, After I've had too much whiskey, the next morning sometimes my voice and Ed Orgeron's are identical. <laughs> but I've monitored that. My kids listen to the show. I can't be crazy here. I saw Chris Jericho and the sixth man, that's Trey Vetter and his crew, we're going to do a second Jericho cruise. Folks, I tell you, I went on the cruise. I'd go on another one and another one and another one if invited. Uh, I can't tell you, you when I had a wrestling-affiliated, uh, associated event that I enjoyed more in my career. I had a great time. I had a great room. I had, we had great accommodations. The staff was friendly. The activities were great. Met a lot of really cool fans and a lot of pictures and, and enjoyed the appearances I did. So if you see any promotion for the Chris Jericho cruise going forward, take it from me. It is certainly something worth considering. And if you can go, you should go. Wish you good luck to my man, The Rock. Dwayne Johnson's uh, Titan Games, uh, they premiere this uh, Thursday, January 3rd. I thought it was so nice that he waited until my birthday to premiere his new show. It shows you just how tight we are and 
that sort of a, you know, that's kind of a solid that guys like us do for each other. Uh, by the way, uh, Robert Strauss, formerly Ravi E of Impact Wrestling, is on that show competing on Titan Games. Uh, some might remember him on The Amazing Race tag teaming with Brooke Adams. I'm not going to touch that line. Only to say that Brooke Adams is the sexiest mom of two on earth. So as you can see, a lot going on. Some good news, some not so good. Again, I, I still can't believe that Mean Gene's gone. Just can't believe it. But I got to believe it, right? Because sooner or later, it's going to happen to all of us. And I love Mean Gene. And I will see him again. And that's what's on my mind. I sure hope you folks are enjoying the show here today. Again, appreciate you being with us. Thanks for subscribing to our program at wherever you get your Slobberknocker audio. And I, I found this out, you know, uh, in, in my, over the holidays, the thing that bailed me out when I got, because I tried, I probably did a little too much, to be honest with you. I was a, you know, very gregarious and uh, ubiquitous at times. Sleep. Sleep, Vince, I'm sorry, is, is not our enemy. Sleep is our friend. Better sleep, folks, better you. Guarantee you. It is, I, when I was not paying attention to sleep, uh, I, I'd sleep on a, on a pallet on the floor. And I've done that many nights. I'm healing into a room where it had two beds and there are three of us. The referee and the youngest guy got the floor and could ensconce himself in, in uh, bedspreads. Well, sleep is our friend. And you, if you struggle to get a good night's sleep, you got to try Purple Mattress. There's a simple solution to having bad nights of sleep. The Purple Mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses this brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It's not like the memory foam that many people are used to. It feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time. So it keeps everything supported while feeling really, really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable. So what that means is it sleeps cool. That's important. You know, you get a 100-night risk-free trial. Did you hear me? 100 nights risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping, and returns. Free in-home setup and old mattress removal. So, folks, you're going to love going to Purple. Right now, in addition to all the great free gifts Purple is offering site-wide, our listeners will get a free purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. Just text JR to 474747. The only way to get this free pillow is to text JR to 474747. That's JR to 474747. Message and data rates may apply. 
Yes, indeed, folks, you're going to love that purple mattress, I guarantee. Well, uh, still to come, uh, Slobber Knock of the Week, Pet Coon Goofy Award, little viewer mail. Uh, as my salute to David Letterman continues. Uh, Jim Cornette was on the show a couple weeks ago, right before the holidays. And uh, I got so much content from him, I, I said, I can make a two-parter out of this baby. And sure enough, as we started talking, and I, I, I tried to touch on some things that I thought he would, not that he needs prodding. He's a he, he's very, very outspoken, very quick-witted, and very passionate about the things he believes in. So I asked him, you know, things such as uh, his thoughts in general on the current sports entertainment product, uh, how to book with emotion, uh, advice for launching a new promotion, advice for commentary teams, the rise of the WWE women's division, I thought was a very topical thing that we did discuss. You'll hear it momentarily. And fostering undercard talent while building core storylines around your top five guys. Positioning is a science to booking. And sometimes I wonder if those that are in those roles have forgotten that. Jim Cornette has not. And here's part two. Do you watch any wrestling at all on television anymore? New stuff? Current stuff? Uh, Not on television. uh, Because that would... Basically... I'm I'm trying to be clean and sober of the new product, not because of the good things that peek out, but because of the bad things that, that catch my eye. So what I do now is if I watch wrestling, it comes down to people sending me links of specific things. I became a big fan of Walter, who has just been signed now. I just saw him six, six months ago or less and started raving about him on my program. And now the WWE, I understand, has just snatched him up. A big deal for Europe. So right there, I'm I'm a I'm a star maker. My blessing on the, on the air gets people jobs. But uh, you know, a, a great foreign territory heel with those big hands, and he hits hard, and he has that great look. He looks like he'd be in a a German commandant in a Tarantino movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the revival because I get sent links to their matches where I don't have to sift through the other stuff that I might see in the process of searching them out and. They remind me so much of Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. They're big mid-Atlantic wrestling fans from the 80s and and grew up watching the guys who knew how to do it. Uh, You know, there's a number of people I like, but then also some of the things I see every once in a while are on every time somebody does something stupid now or silly or phony or idiotic or to, to basically paralyze themselves or breaks bones in their body or just doing something to make wrestling look bad, people send it to me on Twitter. Mm. Because that way I'll cut a promo on it, which I generally do, because I have such disdain for these people. But now, it, it, it was all the hardcore guys with the light tubes and the barbed wire and the AIDS-infected hypodermic needles and you know the curare-dipped poison darts. But now it's become... The silly crowd that do the phony, where they just break down in the middle of a match and start doing a dance routine with each other or some type of comedy or Saturday Night Live sketch or whatever. And I'm not sure which one I I hate worse, but I try to verbally eviscerate all of those people equally. So I either see the stuff that my scouts send me that I'll really like or I see the stuff that I'm most inclined to hate. Yeah, I can see that logic. Uh, And... 
you know, I, I, I watch, I still watch a lot of wrestling because I do this show every week and I want to be informed, uh, you know, to something that might be changing. You know, the, the business is, everybody has a big, massive opinion about what's wrong. Well, you know, what's wrong is the fact, well, give me, in WWE, for example, is the fact that the most over people in the company are women. And uh, I don't have a problem with that, but it, what it does, it says, who do you have more employees? What gender, male or female? Well, we got more men hired than women. All right. So you got more money invested in your male talent roster payroll. It, it has to be a concern that, that no one is quote unquote over. They, I'm not saying they don't work hard, I'm not saying they're not talented. But some of those young dudes, I don't know if they know how to get over. And I also know that in, in booking, if somebody cannot get on a role that is identifiable, Corny, you're going to have a very hard time to get them over. You, know, you can't win one win this week and you'll throw it out next week. We'll, we'll win the next week and then you'll, you know, whatever. Well, you no, gotta get on a roll. See, no, no, JRC, you got it all wrong. See, that's what got, that's what got Muhammad Ali over because he won every third fight. From the time he turned pro, he, he'd win one and he'd lose a couple. He's still, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it amazes me how people can't figure out that nobody, people that pull for an underdog are a specific part of the population. you got to have the right underdog. People want to back a winner. And to show the people that someone is important to when you first expose that talent to them, they've got to be winning. they got to be winning in convincing fashion. And they got to be allowed to talk and tell people why they're interesting and why they ought to be paying attention to that person. And, and they've got to be involved in some things. And then after a period of time, if all those things are done and the people are still like, ready, ready, when you come out, then, you know that person goes away and he learns a new hold maybe and comes back another day. Yeah. Uh, but if, if the people start getting behind that person, then you do more of that. It's not that hard, but no. when people show up and are competitive right off the bat as with other, with opponents that they're featured with on television, especially when those opponents have already been pigeonholed in a position where the people view them as guys on the card, preliminary wrestlers, the entertainment portion of the program, whatever, the not the serious top stuff, and you go competitively with those people, then that automatically places you on that level in fans' eyes. It ain't that hard either. But they're trying to rewrite the, the mousetrap and invent a new book. I just can't understand the logic that some of these guys utilize. It's almost as if they uh, are afraid to try new things, to create a new finish, perhaps uh either are, are men they're sequencing getting into the finish some guys get these they get their three or four moves bing 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 and then to the finish that way it's that way every single time and i think some of that gets a little bit uh redundant and overly predictable i got no problem with predictability in wrestling if it's logic if logic is being utilized and why is that a bad thing you say well it's like having a handicap match i would never have Anybody win a handicap match, unless it's extreme circumstances, corny. If you got one person wrestling three, unless those three are leaving at right after the show's over, I might consider well, that. What, what, what use do you have? What, what good are they to you now when they couldn't beat three of you? Couldn't beat one guy. 
I think the problem, and I've said this before, hopefully I haven't said it on your show, so I'm not repeating myself, but the problem has become that the people in both sides of the business now, the people in the ring and the people in the office and or boardroom uh, controlling some of the business, they they have gotten into wrestling because they are fans of the performance of wrestling, not the concept of wrestling. And as a result, everybody's, it's more dependent on this uh, somewhat, in my opinion, choreographed, I still hate to say this stuff in public, but choreographed mm-hmm. athletic routine instead of simulated conflict. It's all about trying to have people playing parts instead of people being themselves and themselves just being wild Indians, as we used to say, crazy people. Uh, it's all about structuring this thing up and down like a show instead of letting it be organic like it, it's supposed to be because that's really what the basis of it is. We're going to try to blur the lines of reality uh, so much that you will believe this conflict where even if you don't believe the rest of the stuff we do, those two guys are mad. But the fans of the performance of wrestling want to do these athletic choreographed displays. One of the biggest pops that we ever got, the Midnight Express, uh, when we were in the ring in a major coliseum, which was Charlotte Coliseum, there was 12,000 people there. The biggest pops that one of our finishes of our matches ever got was when we had beaten the bejesus out of the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, Ricky specifically, for the better part of 10 minutes. And the Midnight Express had done a move where Bobby would hook of uh, uh, Ricky's legs and b- do the old boomerang thing. Boomerang him up into Dennis's clothesline, right? Mm-hmm. And they did that to him twice. And the third time they did it to him, Robert Gibson jumped over the top rope and gut shot, gut shot at Dennis, which bent him over. So when Ricky got boomeranged up, he sunset flipped Dennis one, two, three. That was the <laughs> entire comeback and finish. One offensive move by the tag team that we were wrestling and the place blew because they foiled us. It's yeah. not about sequences of routines. It's about getting people into what you're doing and then surprising them in a contest that they can emotionally attach themselves to. But right now, it's a Saturday Night Live sketch in some places because people are looking at it like, let's put this car wreck together as seamlessly as we possibly can so everybody knows it's a routine. I hope that uh, all these companies that have uh, creative branches, units, nobody's got a bigger creative uh, branch than WWE. Uh, Hey, my creative branch is pretty good, I'll tell you that. I've (laughs) never had any complaints. Yeah, just... uh there's just not enough of you, like say that. And 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 and, and that blue chew helps out tremendously, also Absolutely. with my creative Bluetooth branch. Folks. Yeah, at blue chew, at blue chew. Yeah, get that. <clears throat> Check that out. Uh, have you heard anything about you know? The, I've I've been affiliated or not affiliated. I've been associated with a rumored new promotion. And if if somebody was going to come to you and say, "Hey, corny." Uh, uh, we know you do want to travel. We know you don't get on airplanes. We get all that. Uh, then what? You're a consultant now. Give me, give me three or four things that if you were going to consult somebody on starting a new promotion, that you kind of check need, need to check these boxes. Is are there some things just 
automatically pop out to you that you got to have these things in place or you don't have a damn chance? Um, well, you know, I've always said I've got a foolproof way to make $5 million in the wrestling business. Start with $10 million. But past that, <laughs> um, <clears throat> my, my suggestion to anybody would be get a group of talent that fits together. I've seen a lot of startup promotions get schizophrenic with their talent. They're going to bring this guy from Mexico and this guy from Brazil and this guy from the Bronx and this guy's a... It, 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 it's, it's one match is a shoot style and next match is the comedy and blah, blah, blah. You can't be schizophrenic. You need to possibly under your creative guru's direction come up with a style of wrestling. Mine would be what we attempted to do with Ring of Honor, which was hard-hitting, hard-hitting athletic competition between young guys that have not been seen on national television and overused on national television uh taking it seriously as a professional competition and then dribble the humor in with the managers and the referees and the peripheral characters but keep your in-ring competition somewhat sacred and have guys that can go at a high level don't uh, do the thing with the buying up all the big names unless they can still go intermix them with your young talent and do the best you can to compete with a different product than the WWE is presenting or that anybody else is presenting on a major league level, which actually, the only, the only product I can't imagine that anybody's presenting these days in wrestling is something where everybody top to bottom on the card actually takes it seriously. Because there's ha-ha everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's ill-placed. It's ill-placed. It's like... I don't know. I, I, I have strong opinions about uh, mixing metaphors, if you will, as an illustration where you have, you know, you're in the middle of a I, – I hear announcers doing this. They're, 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 there's a sequence in a ring where the heel is getting heat on the baby face. Hold, strikes, whatever it may be. But they're getting definitive heat on that baby face. And so instead of talking about the harm this, these strikes are doing, the effects – the end result could be all these things you can take them on a really cool ride. They're in the backstory mode. They're completely ignoring the mugging, the assault, <laughs> the savagery is being completely ignored. So they can get their, their beloved backstory in. And if you just joined us, I didn't, I didn't just join your ass. What does it matter if I did? Tell me what's going on in front of Especially my very eyes. Especially if you just joined the middle of the pay-per-view, you've done something wrong to yeah. begin with. And I've seen that done. But <laughs> Well, exactly because the packages told you that story. If you try to oversell the story, then Amen. people think they're forcing it down my throat. It must not be true. If you refer to it... Oh, my God, when he threw that drop kick, he hit him with his bad knee that's just had surgery or whatever, and then go yep. on. There you go. That's yep. fine, but but they're beating. Well, this is a carefully intricate laid-out plot that we've written for you for the previous six months. No, just <laughs> tell them in the package. If they've been watching regularly, they know it anyway. Reaffirm it in the package and then call the match and try to get people interested in what's happening then and and in some cases, if you have a slow spot, what may be coming up later on in the program? Can you imagine Corny being in a locker room loaded with talented guys, but the most over people on the show are not the guys. It's it's the ladies. 
And I have, look, I got no problem with that, quite frankly, right now. I don't have any issue with that whatsoever uh, because, and I know that some people, and I know that, you know, you and I discussed this before uh, casually about if, if uh, it's like saying the managers, the one knocking your work in the ring was, Corny was so good, he was better than a manager should be. I've heard that. You know, Cowboy told me that one time. <laughs> he said, hell, he's better than some of the guys we got. He can, he, his elbows are better. This is better. That's he said. That's not what I want. I want him to be, you know, whatever. It's, it wasn't it wasn't that. So well, it, it, but it, exactly. And and with the and and here's the thing though. What I always try to do was what Heenan did, and it make it look like I was really trying to cause harm as as best I could, but I was just ineffectual. Mm-hmm. Rather than because some managers their stuff looked phony to me, and I mean phony like not like they were pussies but just phony yeah and i didn't want to do that but here's the problem to me you've got ronda rousey who's in uh, not only had incredible star power coming into the thing and is legitimate but also charlotte who and i have seen a couple of her matches and of course she's got the genes the bloodline but she's a legitimate athlete and you can tell and she carries herself well and that sparked interest in the female division because they were doing things that uh, that were so far and above what the other girls in the past have done or been allowed to do in some cases. Meanwhile, the guys' division, they didn't have a Ronda Rousey. Well, they got Brock Lesnar, which and he you know shows up two or three times a year and gets paid $16 million or whatever. <laughs> but uh, it, that's the thing is... I think the the stars aligned for the female division and that you have a couple of, of tremendous athletes and one with mainstream credibility um, and, and a lot of interest. And, and her debut match was the best debut ever. And, and yeah. you know, she just, she knows, and she's I'm a wrestling fan, so she, yeah. could, she could see it. She wants to, Courtney, the, she wants to learn. She wants to get better. She wants to learn that, because... That's this. what you had, though, yeah. when, when Austin and Rock came along 20 years ago at the same time. And then you had a bunch of, of guys that, that followed the over that were also getting over and that were doing a bunch of stuff that either nobody else had been able to do or been allowed to do, and the guys were hotter than hell. But now how can you have the guys, A, do anything that guys previously have not done because of all the hot shotting and the blah, 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 and secondly... Where are you going to get a guy now that can get over like that generation did because all the guys now have been, I don't know if I can say this word, kitty whipped uh, mm. that are on the roster now. You don't have those Rocks and Austins and guys that will just go out there and say, well, I, you know, I'll do this and get over or maybe I'll just go home. Uh, they've, I think they keep a lot of the guys under their thumb too much. So I th- what you're seeing now with the girls, they they just kind of accidentally let them do it, but it's the same thing that happened 20 years ago with the guys. And now the guys are too timid to follow those guys from 20 years ago, but the girls can. Yeah, good point. Very good point. I can't I can't disagree with that. I I'm waiting for some guy to t- to have the balls to say I'm going to be different. I'm going to challenge the the stereotypical uh, system that we men are supposed to fit in. I'm going to break that mold. Because I want—I got to get out of this this comfort zone, this area, and, and elevate. I got to elevate. 
And then when you find out that you've el- you're elevating yourself and you're quote unquote getting over, then you find the company's going to give you the biggest hug they could find and line your po- pockets up with some nice money because you're becoming a star. And we both know. Well, now, damn- but also that doesn't always happen. Sometimes, sometimes it's almost like, who the hell do you think you are? Of course From the way it, it looks on the outside. But if you're good enough, they're not- here's the thing. With a shortage of stars, with a shortage of stars in the wrestling business, a, a male star or a female star has got a lot more leeway because every company, no matter if it's Ring of Honor or Court Bowers Company, MLW or WWE or Impact or whomever the hell it is, they're all looking for new stars. And yeah. any of them that says they're not is lying to you. Come on. That's what makes yeah, it, no, that's what sells tickets. That's the deal. That's exactly right. And, and, and that's the thing is you have to find somebody or there has to be somebody who not only will say, well, I, I know exactly how to get over and I'm going to go out and do it whether they like it or not. And it, the, the problem is that you have to have that, that somebody that can do that and it has to work. Or elsewise, you've just got Enzo Amore. <laughs> he was convinced that it was going to, but it didn't work. Um, but but that's that's the thing. You have to have those two pieces. And and so far, I think it's more on the girls' side than the guys. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And somebody's got to be courageous enough to step out of the shadow. And 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 the company's got to, the WWE, for example. They have to commit to somebody, and and that's going to be our guy, and to our girl. You need one on each side, or you know more than one. But and if they don't, if they, if your, if your observations are wrong, then okay, shame on you. But you just got to go to next. That's why you get the. That's why you write everything in pencil, and get your eraser out. If somebody's give them every chance in the world to get over. And that's not a couple of three weeks, by the way. You get them on a roll. Give me some big wins. Give me some. Give me some some memorable moments. You know whether it's Austin in the beer truck or whatever, Kurt Angle in the milk truck, all that stuff. Was it wrestling? No, it wasn't wrestling, but it was a, it was, it was memorable. And every now and then you drop it in, it kind of makes, it kind of lightened the mood, the mood and told me who these guys were a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. It was like well, doing and, a vignette. There's a live vignette is what it was. And, and the thing is, if, if, to me, if you concentrate on your main event talent, I've always said half the guys on the roster are basically there to get their ass kicked. Because for every winner, you got to have a loser. You concentrate on your main event talents, your top tag teams, your top singles, the people you want in the prominent positions, and you feed the other guys in on the undercard and foster an environment where one of them can bubble up every once in a while. But if you have the guys in the second match doing these heavy angles and ambulances are being called and stretchers are hauled out, then you've got nothing because then it's just chaos up and down the card. As the... I actually produced a segment on Impact Wrestling years ago in Orlando where they were having a a fight with, well, not a fight, but three different fights. 32 different talents were fighting in three different places throughout the Impact Zone. And that was at the top of the hour in, in, seg, in seg 6 headed into the second hour. So it wasn't even the final part of the show. And it was just because, obviously, creative, you know, had no idea of what was going on in television, wrestling, or anything else. But when you involve everybody, as some people's um, MO is, when you, everybody has to be on the show and involved, and everybody gets interviews, and everybody is involved in a storyline, then it's like having a dozen seven-foot guys, and you have no, no giants. 
You can't involve everybody. Only the top guys should be seen and heard that much and exposed that much and involved in stories. Other guys should be in matches on the card and talk every once in a while and see who you want to bubble up. It's just, it's it's not of of it's not community theater. It's the UFC because the UFC does pro wrestling as I've said better than we do these days. So the other guy, the undercard guys, get their fights, but Conor McGregor gets the press conferences and the big league treatment. Yeah, and the money, big money, and the money. Yeah. So uh, well, all good points, uh, Corny. Uh, you're just great as always, man. Uh, at the Jim you just Cornette. say that because it's true. I know. Uh, I, I got the copy earlier today. I memorized it. <laughs> uh, uh, the Jim, at the Jim Cornette on Twitter, uh, jimcornette.com. It's a great website. You guys check it out. Uh, it's a free site, and you can get some great gift ideas. You can see some of the memorabilia that Corny's got. Uh, he's got – there's nobody got a better collection in in the pro wrestling world than, than Corny. That I, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's some crazy uh, – you know, basement uh, nerdy marks out there somewhere, like I was when I was a kid. But I didn't have actually, a basement. Actually, there's there's a, a Bolivian, a member of Bolivian royalty <laughs> that has a larger collection. But uh, and also at my site, you can read my Fighting Spirit magazine columns, which is a ton of wrestling history and some commentary on everything that's wrong with the world today. You're ubiquitous. Uh, we encourage you to visit all those things, and I am glad that I have had the opportunity to visit your program again. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you being here. Uh, best of the missus. Take care of yourself, and thanks for jumping on with us. Thank you. Like him or not, Jim Cornette is one of the brightest men in the entire wrestling business. He has a unique way of expressing himself at times. You never have to wonder where he stands, and I kind of like that. He's been a friend of mine for over 30 years. And, I, and look, we've had some amazing uh, uh, baseball manager to, to umpire uh, uh, face-to-faces a couple of times. It's not always been hearts and flowers, but over the years, I just have grown to respect him so much. And you can follow him on Twitter at the Jim Cornette, the Jim Cornette, and a hell of a website, jimcornette.com. A lot of interesting. If you've got a wrestling fan in your, in your midst and you might need a gift idea, there's where to head. So, uh, always good to talk to Corny. Moving on around here now to Slobber Knocker of the Week Kids. Uh, I, uh, there's a lot of things that are kind of a diverse selection of these. Uh, the nominees would have to include Alabama and Clemson uh, for their victories in the college football playoff. They'll play in the championship game this Monday night in Santa Clara uh, on ESPN. That should be a dandy of a ball game. It's undoubtedly the two best teams in college football playing each other so whether the tur- whether there needs to be a tournament or not there needs to be we need to in- in- expand it to eight teams or six teams or whatever the the system for whatever it's worth to you personally got it right the two best teams in college football are playing each other that's how it was supposed to work out right and it did so i don't know what's broken or what's not broken in that regard so uh Great candidates for Slobberknocker of the Week. Uh, two great programs. Uh, a lot of friends from Alabama, you know, I've mentioned before. Uh, and, of course, at Clemson, my friend Brent Benables was a defense, co-defensive coordinator at Oklahoma for many, many years. Uh, used to come to my barbecue restaurant as a regular, on a regular basis. 
like his son Jake's going to is committed to go to Clemson, a linebacker, like the old man. Or was it K State? When he was coached by a guy named Bobby Stoops. Uh, so Brent's my buddy, and so I'm pulling for Brent. Uh, but I ain't got no real strong dog in the hunt. I just want to see a great, hard-hitting football game. I won't be rolling my eyes at the commentary either. He says with a devilish look in his eye, he's bitter. He's bitter. Uh, no, really, I'm not kidding. Uh, so hats off to those da- those dudes. Uh, I want to I want to uh, salute my home state where I was born in California. You know, I'm a native Californian. Very few people know that. Only about eight billion. <laughs> it's in Wikipedia. I saw it just the other day. It must be true. Uh, I was born in Fort Bragg, California, uh, and uh, they recently, of course, for, for producer Ted Liz, uh, they announced that all pets sold at retail will come from shelters, uh, nonprofit organizations rescue pets. How smart is that? I love that. I think, what? Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't you think of that? You're out there. What are you doing? Look at yourself. Don't look in the mirror. Why didn't you think of it? I love it. So congratulations, Callie. Good call. Uh, John Cena back on the scene, a sovereign market of the week candidate in my book. Great success on Bumblebee, the Transformer movie. Uh, come back to uh, WWE on a holiday week when a lot of people are not watching TV or they're moving around, they're not in front of their television, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I know DVR. I get it, but it's good seeing John. He's, he's, uh, he's making a hell of a, a name for himself in, uh, in film, uh, never signed a guy, uh, under my watch that worked harder. Never. He's a workhorse. But the Slavin Knocker of the Week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to me, is kind of a no-brainer. Young man, Tyler Trent, 20-year-old Purdue student, uh, huge Boilermaker fan, was all over the uh, television the last month or six weeks. Uh, He was terminally ill with uh, a bone cancer. Uh, He kind of started fading away before our very eyes brave little guy uh so he but he he lived life to its fullest and he got to he got to see his team beat ohio state uh in uh in boilermaker land he got to see his team play in the bowl game thanks to colts owner jim ursay it was inspiring his courage was uh just beyond compare for a 20 year old kid is that knows he's experiencing in the next few hours, death, not maybe. Yeah. A few hours you're dead. And he kept the fight up to get people and encourage people that to not give up. So Tyler Trent is a hero and Tyler Trent is this week's slobber knocker of the week. Apparently they have a pet raccoon that got into their mouth. Oh, son of a bitch! Folks, don't forget that you can get a copy of Slobberknocker, either the uh, e-book, the audio book, or the hardcover. 
at Amazon. Amazon.com has Slobber Knocker My Life in Wrestling awaiting you. And we appreciate your support of that. Uh, you know, we're going to... Next week on the show, by the way, I was going to mention that uh, Ryan Satin, former TMZ guy, that's where I got to know him back in the days. now the, uh, the the head honcho of Pro Wrestling Sheet. And uh, Ryan's very active on social media. With his, he's got his online site. We'll talk to him about that. The difference in working in that world as opposed to working in, in TMZ for uh, the guru there, Harvey Levin. So that should be a fun show next week. But speaking of fun, it's always fun you can make fun of somebody. Because right now it's time for the Pet Coon Goofy Award. A lot of Bible candidates, folks, that uh, makes you scratch your head or what the hell are you thinking type stuff. Or are you just that stupid? Or do you just not care? Or are you just that defiant? Uh, candidates would include... Um, the Steelers, man, oh man, I am so dejected. I thank God that the Browns. It's funny how that tra- transfers. Uh, my wife, a diehard Steelers fan, all this we got Steelers swag, signed jerseys, helmets, all kinds of stuff in our home. Uh, but man, the wheels came off that wagon. Lordy, uh, lost four of the last six. They missed the playoffs. Playoffs. Playoffs, yeah, playoffs. First time in five years. Uh, wide receiver Antonio Brown acting a fool, they say. I don't know. He didn't play in the last game. They said he had hassles with the quarterback, Big Ben, Big Ben Roethlisberger. I learned that if you're a wide receiver, you don't want to get sideways with the quarterback. That makes no sense. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's year-long odyssey, his holdout, all that stuff. And, you know, you got to look at one place, man, head coach. Either you got to give him the help he needs to fix his issues, whether it be as players, assistant coaches, whatever it may be, I don't know. But you can't go status quo with the in-house uh, issues as they seemingly are in Steelerland. Just can't. It's pet coon goofy. Uh, Manny Diaz. You know, Manny Diaz is a good coach. Uh, He gets a head coaching job at Temple University, a fine, upstanding Division I college. And he had the job for the ripe old tenure of 17 days. So all the the gear, the photos, the press information, the recruiting, uh, hiring assistant coaches, everything – in a 17-day period, which is wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and he decides to leave because he's offered the University of Miami head coaching job after Mark Rick suddenly decided to retire. Now, Diaz was the defensive coordinator at Miami before he got the head coaching job at Temple for 17 whole days, and then he bolted. The girl that took him to the prom didn't leave with him. So it put Temple in a bad spot, no doubt. Awkward. And I don't know what it did image-wise for the U. The whole damn thing sounded a little pet coon goofy to me. I got this from Ace Reporter Raphael Morphy of our uh, Long Island City, New York 
bureau. An eerie blue light illuminated the night sky over Manhattan and Queens last week after a transformer exploded at a power plant. New York police reported shortly after the incident that the area was under control, although power outages did result in the area, most notably at LaGuardia Airport. Social media was abuzz from concerned residents. Folks were legit concerned that there was a hostile invasion or, even worse, an alien attack. The explosion took place two miles from Raphael's house, folks. And the little guy, he, he weathered the storm. Busted opens Tommy Dreamer checked on Raphael. Tommy saw this whole thing from the Bronx. He contacted Raphael, concerned about Raphael's welfare, with what could have been an alien attack. Fortunately, folks, no one was injured in the uh, New York tri-state area. But according to Raphael, it did make for an interesting visual and social media panic. <laughs> it's Raphael. But I got to give the Fet Coon Goofy Award. I don't, I don't get this guy. Okay, I, 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 you'll, you'll, you can stand on the premise of it's all in the name of art uh, or entertainment. But comic Louis C.K., if that is your real name. You know, he had the sexual harassment slam, uh, scandal in, in 2018. Uh, they seemed like that was somebody had one, one a week. Uh, he had a roundtable interview footage that resurfaced using racial epitaphs. Now, this week, material from a recent show was all over social media where Louis C.K. mocks the Parkland High School shooting survivors. I have not seen Louis C.K. mocking the Parkland High School shooting survivors. I have to admit, I have not seen it. I find it extremely challenging to think of how in the hell anyone can make that funny. Again, I haven't heard it. And maybe Louis C.K. pulled off a comedy miracle. But until I'm proven wrong... I'm saying Louis C.K. is pet coon goofy. Because you are one lousy son of a bitch. Oh, no! Well, I'm uh, interested in seeing what you think of the uh, This Week in Wrestling uh, piece of business that we do. Because producer Ted's got this idea to make uh, This Week in a Tokyo Dome as a little subheading. So we'll talk about that. This Week in the Attitude Era. How about that? He's really getting out there, isn't he? And then finally, uh, This Week in Wrestling which I have no idea what, what that means. We'll find out. I like this stuff. It's a little nostalgic, a little history. I know that 27 years ago, on January the 4th, 1992, you know the Tokyo Dome, uh, uh, the big event in the Tokyo Dome, is always on January the 4th, no matter what day of the week it falls on. January 4th. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Many know that. Many haven't. Don't. It's just unique. Uh, in the Tokyo Dome... Uh, it was called Super Warriors in Tokyo Dome. Not Super Warriors in the Tokyo Dome. It's Super Warriors in Tokyo Dome. But uh, there was a lot of big-time talent on that show. 
from from WCW, New Japan. Uh, it was also a pay-per-view that aired in March of 1992. Uh, so uh, it was the first January 4th Tokyo Dome show for New Japan. They want to get a big start. They brought in a lot of talent. That was kind of the way, the customary way that promoters and bookers would spice up a big show, bring in outside talent that their audience didn't see on a regular basis. Uh, because then promotions cooperated with each other. Those days are long gone, by and large, some exceptions. But uh, Arn Anderson, Larry Zabisco, or uh, a team on that show, uh, they went over. Uh, Dusty, Dusty and Dustin Rhodes defeated Masa Saito and Kim Duck. Uh, here's a head scratcher. Big Van Bader in Tokyo uh, and El Gigante ended in a double disqualification. I'm predicting, without having to go back and look at it again, that was a stinker. And why in the hell you would double DQ that match is insanity. Uh, Sting and the Great Muda defeated the Steiner brothers. I remember that match. That was really good. I thought that was really good. Lex Luger retained the WCW world title by defeating Masahiro Chono. And Ricky Choshu defeated Tatsumi Fujinami to win the Greatest 18 championship and IWGP heavyweight title. Big card. Cooperative effort. Success. Imagine how that works. Eight years ago on January the 4th, 2011, in the Tokyo Dome in uh, Tokyo. <laughs> Where else would it be, you idiot? Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 5. Uh, interesting, some interesting things booked here, I, I thought. James Storm and Bobby Roode were in a uh, together on on that card, beer money. Uh, Matt Bloom and Carl Anderson uh, called bad intentions tag team on that on that show. Prince Divic, now known as Finn Balor, defeated Kota Ibushi to retain the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title. That, that'll be a great match. Jeff Hardy defeated Tetsuya Naito in the Tokyo Dome to retain the TNA World Heavyweight Title. In the main event, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace, he's headlining another one this weekend, defeated Satoshi Kojima during his fifth IWGP World Heavyweight title. Yes, that's the man that will face Kenny Omega this weekend uh, to have a shot at a historic eighth reign. And very impressive. Class act, too, boy. Uh, moving on this week in the Attitude Era. See, Ted looked at all that stuff and forgot the one Russell Kingdom show that I called from ringside in the Tokyo Dome with, with the Eddie Haskell of pro wrestling, my dear friend, Matt Stryker, who's much, much smarter than I. Uh, New Haven, Connecticut, the Coliseum where Howard Finkel was, was discovered. He was an usher. 21 years ago, January 5th, 1998, who booked that? Uh, it's a, it was a, a TV, a raw, a raw taping. Uh, I think the, the highlights are Austin delivering stunners to everybody on a card, including Jeff Jarrett, The Rock, Ken Shamrock, and Mark Merrow uh, throughout the night. And that show, you might remember, had a Jim Cornette in-ring interview with the NWA president, Howard Brody, and NWA VP, Dennis Corluzzo. But the end was Sean, was the Undertaker popping out of a DX casket and stuffing WWF, WWF champion 
Shawn Michaels inside. That's how the show went off the air, please. I like those New Haven trips because from my house to New Haven, 30 miles, I think. I loved it. That's about the, that's the longest I would want to drive myself on I-95. Uh, 19 years ago on January 3rd, wink, wink, uh, 2000, on my birthday, yes, indeed, at the American Airlines Arena, yes, I was there. Uh, the building had opened us three days earlier, by the way. It was a Raw's War featured uh, uh, DX, Mick, Mick Foley having a, having, a, having a row. China defeated Hardcore Holly in a singles match. I cringe to even say that. Triple H defeated uh, then-champion The Big Show to win the WWF World Heavyweight title. Jeff Hardy defeated Al Snow in a steel cage match. And the main event, The Rock defeated the team of the New Age Outlaws and X-Pac in a no-DQ handicap tag team match. And somehow they pulled it off. Then, of course, 30 years ago on January the 6th, 1989, the Civic Center in Philadelphia, big NWA show planned. I had a nice advance. Snowstorm hits, five inches of snow. J.J. Dillon, Jim Cornette, Bobby Eaton, Stan Lane did not make it uh, due to the, uh, the weather, travel issues. Uh, and uh, I think the highlight, that one of the things that saved that show, quite honestly, was Flair uh, – uh, and uh, Rick Steiner uh, had a, a match that went down there 30 minutes before Flair went over. I love that kind of stuff. And then finally, on our little journey here on the, this week in wrestling, uh, 17 years ago in the Garden, isn't funny you say the Garden? You know where it is. Talents know. Fans know. We know. Special place, right? Master Square Garden, New York City. Uh, Smackdown, Sunday night heat tapings. The reason that we're pointing this out, one thing that stands out to me is uh, the match, the main event featured a draw between Austin and Angle. That's pretty cool. But also the unknown gems on that card were uh, a dark match that featured the debut of both Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton. And in that time, that go around, uh, Lesnar pinned Orton. Uh, on their debuts uh, on dark matches. Didn't make air, but it was interesting stuff. And that's what's kind of going on around the horn. You know, the uh, New Year's Eve at times, New Year's Day at times, uh, have been known for, and this whole week, been known for uh, some big cards and some big events. So uh, it's it's changed. The landscape is changing. And I think sometimes the better because I've always I was always – I don't think my my family life when I was a young young married guy was done any favors by me being gone every Thanksgiving and Christmas. Just saying, not poor me. Hey, I it was the life I chose. As uh, Tony Soprano told cousin Tony one time on a street corner on the Sopranos, it's the life we chose. So, uh, but in any event, I like going through that stuff. A good job by producer Ted throwing their information together as we move forward to one of the more pleasant things, birthdays. Always got to know. Good old JR's got the cake. Uh, 
uh, on today as we record on Wednesday, uh, WWE Hall of Fame legacy inductee, uh, the Golden Greek, Jim Londos. It's his birthday. And if you do any sort of research on Londos at all, he was one of the biggest box office draws in the history of the wrestling business, including the stars of today. For example, at the height of his popularity, he wrestled in front of 100,000 fans in his native Greece six different times. That's a hell of a house, folks, for a house show. 100,000 fans plus six different times. Uh, he's the biggest draw in the history of wrestling. And uh, it was probably 5'8". Great physique. So happy birthday, Mr. Londis, sir, who would have been 124 years old today. Now, listen to these folks that were born on January 3rd. <laughs> Led Zeppelin bassist John Paul Jones, January 3rd, 73. The crazy Academy Award winning Mel Gibson, January 3rd, 63. Two-time Super Bowl MVP with the New York Giants, Eli Manning, January 3rd, 38. And the former two-time NWA Central States TV champion, Art Cruz, 60. And, of course, good old JR, 67. Thanks for the birthday wishes. I get a lot of stuff on Facebook. You know, I'm still learning how to use Facebook. It's kind of embarrassing. But so what? On Friday, January 4th, uh, AAA Wrestling's La Parca is 53. WCW United States champion, the late Chris Cannon, would have been 49. God, a young guy. A lot of talent. A tormented soul, unfortunately. 2015 Heisman Trophy winner and a guy who ran the football like nobody could ever believe. Over people, around people, through people. Running back of the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry from Alabama. 25. 25. God dang i got socks that old. Uh, January the 5th on Saturday, happy birthday to uh, NWA National Heavyweight Champion Willie Mack. Oh, Willie's only 32. Stay healthy, Willie. Keep doing your thing, brother. January the 6th, former president of the NWA, renowned Chicago promoter, wrestling for the Marigold, et cetera, et cetera. You get it. The late Fred Kohler. Birthday is on Sunday. He'd been 116. Three-time WWWF World Tag Team Champion with Mr. Fuji, Professor Toro Tanaka, 71. Man, what a great look he had. Athletic, mean, nasty. Don't mess with me look. Don't mess with me look. Uh, former WWF Tag Champion, one half of the Moondogs, the late Moondogs Spot, also known as Larry Booker, would have been 67 on Sunday. Same age as OJR here. Hmm. Former WCW World TV and United States champion and current Impact Tag Team champion with LAX, our fellow Westwood One podcaster, my friend, Conan, 55 years old, double nickel for Carlos. Good dude. Two-time WWE Women's Champion. And remember the 
Hall of Fame class of 2016, the amazingly talented Jackie Moore, 55. And I guarantee you she looks probably 35. And the role that Miss Jackie played uh, in our locker room, in our ring, when the transition from uh, you know to, from wrestler female wrestlers to uh, that has to be signed a an eight or a ten, you might get an eight signed, but you'd rather have a ten uh, to get uh, you know for somebody to sign off on a signee. She could wrestle and she and she looked great, but she helped a lot of those young uh, ladies acclimate and get comfortable, and she had to reel back her skills at times so that she wouldn't overwhelm uh, the less experienced ladies that she was working with. She was a big-time player in uh, WWE when I was there, and I have so much respect for her because she compromised a little bit of what she could do because she was booked with some that, that couldn't, and that's just the, the casting of the game, the booking of the game. It's not always equitable. But she did a great job, and I wish her happy birthday, Miss Jackie, on Sunday. On Monday, the former WWE Cruiserweight champion, the late Chavo Guerrero Sr., would have been 70. God, he was talented. Really talented. He was so good that he was probably 5'8 or 9, but he could wrestle heels like Ernie Ladd, who was 6'9. And you, 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 for a moment, because of the believability of the presentation, you forget that Chavo was under 6 feet tall. That's how good he was. Uh, founder of the ECW's new Dangerous Alliance, C.W. Anderson, 48 on Monday. Uh, NXT UK star, hell of a talented guy, Liguero. Liguero, the masked man, 34. And also on Monday, uh, 205 competitor who we don't see enough of because nobody watches that show. And they'll never get over unless they get, make their, their way on Raw and SmackDown occasionally. Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Very talented guy. Probably for some of you, one of the most talented guys you've never seen. And then finally on Tuesday, uh, WWE Hall of Famer, class of 2015, Bushwhacker Luke Williams will be 72 years old on Tuesday. Yay! Uh, former NWA Florida heavyweight champion, the late Hangman Bobby Jaggers, 71. Bobby Jaggers told the boys one time he bought a ranch in, outside of Wichita. And somebody went to his house to pick him up to take him to a show. And he had a mobile home on a lot. That was his acreage. I guess acreage can be defined in many different ways. Former WWF women's champion, Bull Nakano, one of my all-time favorites, 51. Uh, former IWGP Intercontinental Champion, Bad Luck Fale. 37. He'll be in action, I'm sure, uh, on uh, Russell Kingdom. Big stud. Uh, I think he's Tongan. He's a really good athlete. Big man. 37 years old. Uh, and former WWE and Impact Wrestling superstar Chris Masters is 36. And to all of you folks, I wish you a very, very happy birthday. And remember, good old JR's got the cake. You've got mail. Always good to hear your comments, your thoughts on our mailbag. It's mailbag time here. Remember, you can email us at the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. That's the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. And uh, producer Ted and I will 
appreciate your cooperation. And uh, he loves reading it, and he's probably going to get some returns from him. You know, he's very communicative. <laughs> uh, Tim from Rhode Island. Hi, Mr. Ross. Greetings from the smallest state in the Union. I'm so glad to have found your podcast. I heard a Marine once say, we speak the names of our fallen as often as we can because it makes us makes them immortal. Hearing your stories of Jan immortalizes her. Keep them coming, please. Thank you, sir, very much. Do current broadcasters, wrestling or otherwise, routinely seek out your input on their performances? You seem quite accessible and willing. I can't imagine not utilizing such an amazing resource if I were in the profession. Well, uh, I I get I help people, but there's not a formal way of doing it. They have my they, it's a text message or a phone call is cool. Uh, but quite frankly, in the wrestling business, and it may be like this in other genres as well, there's so much insecurity and jealousy and, uh, you know, looking over the shoulder syndromes that most people don't want to, uh, do anything like get advice from a veteran because it makes them in their view look weak. They're not, but that's, that's, that's just the fact of the of the uh insecurity and that may it may be that way in in entertainment in general but it sure as hell that way in pro wrestling by and large and it's not a real uh a flattering trait quite frankly james cannon on long island says hi jim as many people often tell you you were the voice of my childhood i'm 25 now and was a devout wrestling fan during the height of the attitude era you will forever be one of my role models and favorite people alive. Wow. Thank you, sir. Uh, I recently found a great deal on your action figure on eBay. It's incredibly rare. <laughs> you know why? They didn't make many of them. I didn't think they, I don't think that anybody thought they would sell. Uh, and he says, because apparently the pieces of your action figure were scattered throughout the packing of a series of action figures. I'd like to send it to you as a thanks for being, in my opinion, the voice of pro wrestling. If you have any interest, let me know or to send it. We'll do that, James. Uh, sound like you probably covered it more than me, but I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know why I I was in le- I was left out the whole last year of any of that nostalgic stuff. Trading cards, I think I hadn't heard about any of those. And oh well, as the king would tell me, Jr. One can't grieve forever. <laughs> uh, remember, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com is the email for us. Uh, booking suggestion from Jason in Warnersville, Pennsylvania. Uh, any chance uh, you stepping outside of wrestling sometime and doing an interview with your good friend Toby Keith? Yeah, that's a possibility. I'll keep that in mind. He's busy as heck, and he's on the go a lot. So, uh, But, yeah, that might be able to work that out. We've had many conversations that actually would have been a great podcast, but it was generally over alcohol. Just saying. Uh, I got an interesting message here from Adam Broach in Alabama. Uh, and uh, he, had a, there was, he sent with a picture of that with me and Trent Williams, number 71, left tackle, Washington Redskins, OU alum, on the sideline of the in the Superdome. Uh after Oklahoma beat Auburn in the Sugar Bowl. 
few years ago. And uh, so he took my photo there. Then he said 30, 20 years later, uh, he took my, he took a picture with me first in the, at wrestling. I think he said Memphis. Uh, cause I was, he sat behind us at ringside. I'm not so sure, but in any event, uh, 20 years later, we met at the Superdome and, uh, he was unfortunately lost his memorabilia and his photos. We'll take care of that some of these days, Adam, we'll, t- we'll try to hook you up with something, but, uh, I, I enjoy getting letters like that and fans. That's the whole lifeblood of our business. Those that get that stick around and are successful. Those that believe they are what the business is about, then they are not long-term. It's not the way it is. So, Adam, thanks for the kind words. And uh, we'll, for producer Ted will get back to you on that action figure. Uh, he'll probably get you to send it to him. Then he'll then it'll be on eBay again. But we appreciate you. <laughs> Well, it's a unique day to catch up with my friend Josh Matthews of Impact Wrestling because uh, we found out earlier today, as I mentioned previously here on the show, uh, before we went on the air, that uh, we heard the news of the passing of Gene Okerlund. And Josh, you and I are both lucky guys uh, to be able to work with Mean Gene and WWE and and uh, so forth. What are your what's your memories? And by the way, thanks for being with us on a on a damn daunting day, but. What were your memories of Mean Gene as a young buck announcer? Uh, first of all, JR, thank you for having me on the show this week. And, and to, to echo your sentiments, you're right. It is a, a bit of a rough day. Uh, we were on the way to the gym this morning when we saw the news and just sort of put a damper on, on, on the whole day and, and probably the next few days. Um, I mean, I just the, uh, Mean Gene was the guy. I mean, when when I was a kid and I started watching WWE uh, at WrestleMania 2, so, you know, I grew up with Mean Gene as, as the backstage interviewer. And, and, you know, at the time, you know, now when you become an announcer, you know, you want to be at the desk calling the shows. But back then, like Mean Gene just held that spot. Um, WWE has a spot named after Mean Gene, the Oakland position um, with the camera looking over at all the fans. And, you know, Mean Gene was such a part of my childhood. And then, JR, do you remember the show um, WWE Confidential? Uh, that they did for for a couple of years. It was a Saturday night show. I do. Um, Gene hosted that, and and that was my very early career as an announcer. And I would sit on the floor of the studio um, at 120 Hamilton, and I would just sit and watch Gene do that show every week. And it was the highlight of my week to watch that. (laughs) Um, He was such a pro. He treated everyone in the studio, from John McCall to Jill Clark, uh, like they were his friends and family. And it was just... And they um, were. uh, They were, by the way. You know, they were yeah. the Gene had a cocktail or shared a cocktail. He may have had a cocktail. He certainly shared a cocktail with many of the uh, of the blue collar working people. He had no issues with that. He was so unpretentious. And I don't think that sometimes he realized how famous that he was. That was he was so humble and it was it was real. And he didn't want to really pinch him to say, Gene, snap out of it. You're a star because he was so lovable the way he was. Yeah, he'll truly be missed, and, and, and I'll always treasure and cherish the, the the time that I got to spend with him. You obviously uh, knew him a lot longer than I did. I posted a photo of he and I on Instagram this morning and, uh, you know, obviously thoughts and prayers with his with his friends and family today. Josh on Instagram and at Josh Matthews. He's also on Twitter, kids, at uh, 
real Josh Matthews. Uh, how many of those adjectives you have to go through before you get what you wanted? Because I guess from the time you got to register your name on Twitter, there were about a thousand Josh Matthews of some sort. Well, well, I had um, at Josh Matthews WWE, and and they called me and told me I had to change it. (laughs) So I I had to find something, uh, and now you're talking 2014. So, yeah, there was quite a few. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, you got a big decision to make. Do you you coin yourself as real, the, you know, all those other things that you could utilize there uh, in any event? Uh, Did you, uh, you know, I always, I thought of when I was driving up here today, from Norman to Oklahoma City. And uh, I was thinking, Josh, about I probably, at the end of the day, pretty much owe you an apology because I could have probably, I was thinking about this, you know, I was thinking how much interaction did I have with Josh when we were there at WWE. And I, I get thinking, you know, I don't, I don't know if the schedules are different or uh, I was perceiving myself to be too busy. Uh, but I could have helped you more, I think, uh, in the, at the end of the day. And I, or maybe my ego was too out of control that to do that. I'm not so sure what it was, but I'll apologize for not being, uh, having your back a little bit better there in WWE because, uh, I've come to realize in this back nine of life, Josh, that, uh, you know, it's like Pat Gene, you know, I say this every day, offset today before we go off the air, our tomorrows are never guaranteed. So somewhere along the way, we have to have these series of wake-up calls. And with Jan getting killed, that was a hell of a wake-up call. So uh, I want to make things right in that regard. So that's my one thing before we get on with our interview that I want to say before uh, this conversation progressed. Uh, JR, thank you. You didn't have to say that. And and you probably don't remember this, um, but early on in my career there, um, I think people started to understand that I was going to be okay as a play-by-play announcer. Um, and you had had me send a tape over to your assistant when you were at the at the tower and I was at the, the TV studio and you sent me some notes. And, and, and so so, no, you, you 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 absolutely helped me. And obviously, I grew up watching you. And, and, you know, when I asked Paul Heyman, you know, what do I do to be better? And he said, just just find your voice and, and be a combination of, of Jr. and Joey Styles and kind of do that. And, 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 you know, so it's you, you helped me more than you've ever known. I appreciate it. Well, good. All right, now we got that handled. Uh, do you? Uh, what were you doing before you uh, went on Tough Enough? Uh, I was in college, and I've always told this story that I was a sophomore in college. I was doing homework on a Monday night, and, and your voice came on, and you said, "Are you tough enough?" And I always used to tape. You know, this is back when we had VHS tapes, and I would always have a, a VHS tape ready to go for anything that I would want to tape, like a Hardee's match or something like that. And I immediately hit record on, on your promo and stopped doing my homework that night and, and had my tape sent to New York the next day. So I was just a college kid trying to figure out how to become a, a pro wrestler. Did you work a lot in that period with John Gaborik? Was he involved yeah, I mean, in Tough Enough along the way? Yeah, I thought he, he got involved in Tough Enough at some point. Yeah, I think that was his his uh, his first uh, WWE job, and then you know he he moved up through the rankings, obviously. But yeah. yeah, he was there. We were all there together. Good. Yeah, he. Uh, I you know I enjoyed the show, and I think because it's so simplistic and easily uh, formatted that it will it will happen again. I think that show was is made for WWE Network, 
it's not that difficult to produce if you don't go to all the you know the the craziness it's like stone cold show on the cmt you know uh it's very it's a very straightforward competition show and so you add the wrestling's flavor the flair if you will and uh you might have an interesting little 30 minute show but be that as it may uh that was really your launching pad wasn't it yeah that was it and then uh, i made it to the finals of the show obviously and and when i didn't win um mtv approached me about being a vj <laughs> so i stuck <laughs> around and auditioned with them the next day uh they were getting ready to launch mtvu and then you know fast forward a couple of years we're doing the tough enough one and two reunion special in new york and i'm back in school uh wrestling on the weekends and things like that and um it was uh, Michael Cole and Kevin Dunn who approached me after that and said, you know, would you ever consider being an announcer? And I said, I just want to work for WWE. Like, I'll be a janitor um, <laughs> just as long as I can say I collect a check from that company. Um, you know, and three weeks later, I was living in Connecticut and Stanford and, and spending uh, uh, countless hours at 120 Hamilton <laughs> Avenue. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I have some I have great memories of that run. I was there so long. You know, it's a whole new ball game for me because you know, a southern boy like me, living in Connecticut, took a little bit of adjusting. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You know, I mean, seriously, you know, it's like uh, the damn weather was cold. Uh, you know, I learned to not ever get on I-95 if I didn't have to. You know, I could drive from my house to the uh, to the office, right down uh, the main drag there. Well, the uh, other right thing too, Jarris, I was I was 22 or 21. And wow. Kevin had called me and, and said, uh, we're, we're going to pay you. Uh, it was $50,000. And, and I thought, oh, my God, that's 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 crazy. Oh, my God, that's so much money. And and while it is, uh, when you go to the Northeast, it, it goes very quickly. But that, that yeah. isn't, you know, that's 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 kind of normal out there. It, you know, you need to make a lot more to, to be comfortable uh, in the Northeast. I came from, you know, Midwest Indiana where, you know, that was a lot of money. Sure. You know, uh, it's all subjective, uh, you know, relative, I should say. But you're right. Uh, I've known a lot of guys that worked at the TV uh, facility, as did you, probably more than I, that uh, were just getting by uh, because of the cost of living. I don't say they were were, uh, being underpaid. I don't know what the market value for all those different positions are uh, in that world, but I do know that uh, the Living there is is challenging, without a doubt. We, I think my wife Jan looked at about seriously about two hundred houses before we found the house we bought in uh, in uh, Norwalk. So uh, yeah, I believe right it. off exit thirteen, everything's described by an exit. Where you live? Oh, exit thirteen, you know, or twelve, <laughs> yeah. or go east or whatever. Uh, you're going to be busy this weekend uh, calling the uh, pay per view uh, for Impact Wrestling Homecoming, emanating from uh, the Nashville. Boy, is this damn building seen a lot of wrestling in this time. Good God almighty. <laughs> uh, uh, Nashville at the fairgrounds, uh, the arena there. And if anybody can tell you Nashville where the Nashville fairgrounds is located, ladies and gents, uh, I'm going to be watching that show on the Fight app. So F-I-T-E, that's just my story. I'm sticking to it. Uh, what do you think? How, do you have a good feel about this show? Is it a one or two match show? What's your for for a fan that doesn't follow the brand? Let me tell you, following your brand is not easy because the television is fleeting. You know what I mean? It's it's not mainstream. I got to look for it. So I could you could say to me, well, Jr., what's wrong with you looking for it? Nothing. But I don't look for anything else. I don't look for anything on television. It's all there. 
and I forget, and it's all is isolated. There's nothing around it that I would watch, but Impact Wrestling. So I forget it sometimes, and I think on those programs like that, or on an island where you're, or on a network, there that that one thing is what you always watch. You, you you can get out of rhythm on that damn thing. So tell me about this show, and what are you as a broadcaster looking most forward to? Yeah, I had a conversation with uh, my broadcast partner, Don Callis, on uh, New Year's Eve, and we were just talking about this show top to bottom and how uh, impressed we are with this show and the matches that are shaping up. And, and that's the biggest challenge, I think, for us, JR, is that in Impact Wrestling, like you can go and see some of our talent, a lot of our talent, you know, working in other places. And, and so then the challenge is, what are the best matches that we can give people that you can't get anywhere else? So when you look at a match like LAX versus the Lucha Brothers, and I am like, I get emotional when I talk about LAX because I think those guys, Santana and Ortiz and what Conan has done for them, three-time world tag team champions, longest reigning tag team champions in Impact Wrestling history. Uh, they work so hard. They work such great matches. And now they're going to get in the ring with Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, who have become household names by competing all over the world. That match may steal the show. It's going to be incredible for the World Tag Team titles. You get the return of Ultimate X. You know, so you're getting that that old school feel of what Impact mm-hmm. used to be in Nashville at the fairgrounds that, you know, has also been called the Asylum throughout the years. And you're going to get all these great matches on this great night. Uh, but you're going to get the talent that Impact has, you know, brought to the forefront in 2017, 18, and now looking into 19. The, uh, a lot of the, the world, the new fans, a lot of fans that listen to this show are not fully aware that uh, my broadcast compadre uh, here on Westwood One, see what I did there, compadre, uh, Conan is uh, one of the brightest guys in the business. Have you been able to uh, hear his philosophies or listen to his thoughts on, on matches? He's a very, very brilliant guy. And what he has done is what all the boys should try to strive to do, and that is to understand and identify their audience or the audience. It starts off with your audience, then it goes to becoming the audience. It's what the game plan is always supposed to be. But he's a bright guy, Josh. I, I, I'm sure you probably recognize that as well. Yeah, I try to spend as much time with him as possible. And, and the cool thing that I've seen um, with Impact and, and the creative team and, and people like Sanjay Dutt who, who write this stuff and who live this stuff, when they get to TV and when they're working with Conan and if he has a suggestion for doing something differently or saying something differently, those suggestions are all wide open. Like everyone's voice is heard. Everyone, um, and, you know, their, their, vo- their voice carries weight. Conan's carries a lot more than most people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but those suggestions are used. And that's why these stories, uh, you know, the story that played out last year between LAX and the OGs was so good because Conan's involvement and then the ability of the creative team to say, yeah, let's do that. So it's everyone kind of working together. He's just I, I was on the, the Jericho cruise with him and uh, enjoyed enjoyed the hell out of just shooting a breeze, you know, talking the business philosophies, yeah. ideas, concepts, you know. He and I together over a couple of cocktails and so forth. We rebooked every territory. <laughs> we we turned everybody heel or babyface. Where they were, they weren't. And uh, so we we booked. We did everything. And you know, <clears throat> pardon me, throw a little dirty in as as well, uh, as, as you would if you're one of the boys on a car trip. Uh, I'm looking forward to Tessa Blanchard, uh, and 
I'm really high on her, Josh. I think she's the next big female thing. I think Tessa is, is incredible. And I have to always say this um, tongue in cheek. I think she's the second best wrestler in the world because my wife downstairs uh, would be very upset if I called her the best. Um, <laughs> but I think Tessa has so many tools and the funny thing is the knock on Tessa was that her attitude was not great. Uh, and I that heard people that. were kind of I, afraid of her. And I never saw so, that. I never saw that, yeah. Josh, but I heard the no, same thing. Yeah, never and I've it. never seen it. And, and, and uh, you know, I've become friends with Tessa. I send her texts and graphics, and, and she's always very thankful. She always posts them. She always wants to see the show when it's done and asks for links to the show. She's so engaged, um, couldn't, you know, I made her walk around Mexico one day to try to find the best place to shoot a vignette, uh, just a smile on her face. Never, she's never done anything that I've seen malicious or try to hurt anybody. She's worked with my wife. Uh, they worked twice, two, two great matches last year. Um, I've seen her at Rise in Chicago with Shimmer, and, and she's always just been a joy. Yeah, I, I found that too. She's, you know, her, I knew her grandpa, you know, here dating myself, uh, but her grandpa was one of the best athletes in the then the Big Six. That's, that was the predecessor to the Big Eight, which is the predecessor to the Big Twelve. Uh, but her her grandpa Joe Blanchard was a big time wrestler and football player at Kansas State when they were in the Big oh, Six. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, you're using the air. Tell them, tell them you're on the podcast. <laughs> tell them you're on the podcast. I got. I gave you some. Give you some new info. New four one one. But in, in any event, she's her her. He was a. He was a big two sport star at a Division one school, uh, and a big rugged guy. I think he was an offensive lineman, uh, I believe, and uh, huge hands, big bone structure. He was a lot bigger than Tully, but Tully had this innate, you know, kind of a, uh, oh, uh, kind of like this, uh, like he would a a, a baboon. That kind of crazy, freaky strength. So he didn't look like a bodybuilder, but he was so strong and he worked out so intensely that nobody had better cardio than Tully Blanchard. And, but that's why he and Flair and all those dudes did so much. I mean, Flair was a cardio machine, but so was Tully. But Tully just doesn't get the platform to talk about it. But I think she's going to be really something. And I saw where Gail Kim's going to referee that match. Uh, man, I tell you, she. Of all the women that I've been around, Josh, in, in the business, I can't tell you one I respect more than Gail Kim. She's just a first-class professional, big time, big league. And uh, I can only imagine she'll add something unique and compelling, I'm sure, to the uh, process on, on Sunday. Yeah, it's a, the way the story came together uh, with what Tessa had been doing and uh, a couple of cheap victories over Ty of Valkyrie. And now you've got Gail Kim, the Hall of Famer. She steps in uh, to be, you know, the, the enforcer, the special guest referee. And I think that, you know, obviously Gail brings a, a ton of clout to this match. And, you know, just adds another layer to, to an, another can't-miss match, you know, Sunday on pay-per-view. And, and, JR, you mentioned the Fight app, and we're doing a promotion with them right now where if you order Homecoming through the Fight app, uh, like JR said, F-I-T-E dot TV, um, you get a free 2019 uh, calendar from Impact Wrestling. So, we're, you know, we're getting the word out there, and we want everyone to watch and, and enjoy the show. I think we did three amazing pay-per-views in 18. I think that trend will continue uh, this year. Oh, I hope so. And no reason it could, it shouldn't. You know, the 
you can't worry about your uh, the lay of the land. You know, ideally, you'd want better television. We, everybody knows that. That's not a revelation. But it, on game day, that ain't, that's not your issue, not your problem. Your problem is to tell me a great story with passion and realism. Don't let me roll my eyes. Because uh, uh, there's going to be some stuff in there that's going to should be pretty damn sensational. You got uh, Johnny Impact, good old Johnny Hennigan. What a great kid he is. Uh, defending the world title against uh, Brian Cage. I think that's going to be a, a really a damn good old school, fundamentally sound, I get it, wrestling match. Yeah, and a lot of people are thinking that Brian Cage leaves Sunday as world champion with the way he's been built and, and what he's done and, and the route that he took to the championship. I think I talked to uh, Bully Ray on, on or Bubba uh, on Busted Open and you know was kind of questioning the, the route that he took in the X Division championship. But if you followed along and you watched how it tri- uh, how it played out, I think that we got to where everyone thought we would be, uh, and that's Johnny versus Cage for the world title, and you know maybe uh, Cage is uh, you know minus one twenty five, a, a close line on this one, but uh, you know we'll see what happens. <laughs> Can you believe that some people actually do bet on wrestling? Yeah, I wish it was around when I was uh, had the inside track on those things. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I had the inside track. I had I had the inside yeah. track, and I was too stupid. I was too stupid to bet on sure things. <laughs> I I, well, I could have seen myself, you know, uh, uh, in a federal penitentiary with some inmate named Big Marge or something. You know, I, I, for embezzling or you know laundering money. I watched too much uh, Law and Order C, uh, SVU. Yeah, SVU. SVU. Yeah, yeah, SVU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my life is so goddamn exciting i can tell you uh you mentioned your wife uh, she's a pretty interesting story too a mom young child she wrestles and she's now in, in ring of honor uh how do you guys because i know how hard this stuff is uh how do you manage your schedule or each other's schedule how do you how does that coexist with a, with a, with a child involved you know, it's not too bad. You know, I feel like we're together like so much. Like we go to the gym together every morning and, and, and we're, we're around each other so much, which is great. Um, you know, and then Ring of Honor, they do their like the next time she leaves, I think, is January 12th. And they'll do a couple of days and then we'll do a couple of days. And, 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 you know, then we're home together. So it's, you know, when I work from home, you know, I sit in the office most of the day and, and do what I need to do uh, when I'm not broadcasting all my behind the scenes stuff. And, you know, we get to have lunch together. We get to hang out with the kid. And, and it, you know, it all kind of works out pretty pretty perfectly. Did you tell me or did you just tell me that uh, she's from the, the, there in the Columbus, Ohio area? Yeah, we actually just relocated to Columbus uh, about yeah. 10 months ago. Our house just got done being built, so I'm, I'm sitting in it now. And, uh, cool. you know, so, so we have family. Yeah, thank you. So we have family nearby that can watch uh, Charlie when – you know, if we both happen to be away for a weekend or whatever the case may be, and uh, you know, it, it's it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good move for you, Josh. That's smart planning. Smart planning. Uh, is, is Sammy Callahan on the show? Uh, Sammy Callahan, um, his match for the show will get announced uh, tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, I'm not sure what time you guys dropped the, the podcast, but yeah, Sammy will be on the show. He, he will be represented uh, for sure at Homecoming. He's a polarizing, uh, kind of a, you know, strong character. He, you know, he said, well, that, Sammy, um, he's, yeah. I, I Sammy like has, 
yeah, he and he's done so much for for Ohio wrestling and, and being here in Columbus and those guys are from Dayton. So we're about 86 miles away from each other. And I went to, to rockstar pro where they have their own school and their own building. And, and they, I feel like Sammy has really put Ohio on the map. He's got, you know, Dave and Jake Christ who can stand on their own merits. And then the rascals who just came to impact all these Ohio based guys. And Sammy is a very proud, uh, all person from Ohio. And, and I think that polarizing is a great way to describe him. You, you either, love Sammy or you, or you hate him, but, but you always want to be watching. And, and here in this state, he's like a, he's like a God, uh, you know, it's insane. He's a very compelling character on television. I don't know him, but I just know him by his work, which is not a bad way to get to know somebody. Uh, I, you know, when I was at, uh, Lawler and I made an appearance, <clears throat> pardon me, at, uh, Wrestlecade, as I mentioned, that's the last time I saw Gene, uh, and, Across from our table, because it's not hard to keep your eye contact, was your own Scarlet Bordeaux. Am I saying that correctly? Bordeaux? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Scarlet Bordeaux. And uh, she had a long, she had a good steady line all day. Uh, and so she was very popular with the, the attendees. Uh, and a very uh, appealing young woman. And so what's your thoughts on her? So she's a brand new face, right? Yeah, she is. And she's from Chicago and, uh, I believe she's bilingual. And, uh, I think there's a lot of layers to Scarlet, um, that hopefully get, um, sort of peeled back as the year progresses. I mean, she came in as this, uh, sex object. I'm going to bring sexy back to pro wrestling, which is a cool angle to, to take up in 2019 with the way women's wrestling is trending right now. And, and she wants to be the, the, the eye candy, this sexy, beautiful woman on the show. But then we did a, a Twitch special uh, or it might've been a one night only uh, where she wrestled and, and she can wrestle inside the ring and, and then she can go back to doing what she's doing. And I think a, a compelling character for sure. And, and, you know, fans in Las Vegas were chanting for her when we were there at our last taping. So I think you have these pockets of characters, you know, Tessa, uh, Scarlett, Sammy, uh, that, that can really elevate the, the brand as we move forward. The, uh, off the topic of the, this weekend's event against folks is Sunday. That's a great offer, too, by the way, for the fight app uh, for the premium. You get a free calendar from Impact Wrestling if you order the pay-per-view at fight app. F-I-T-E. That's how it's spelled. I, I got, that's one of the first apps I, I downloaded, and I use it all the time. I, I enjoy it. If you've got, uh, you got Wi-Fi and a smart device, you're, you're done. You're in. It's pretty cool for a guy that don't have a clue like me. Uh what do you think about all these uh, rumors? Because uh, we're it all it affects all of us to some degree, maybe some less than others. Of the new company going into business. Uh, that, well, I'm, uh, I'm very I'm very good friends with with Cody Rhodes, and, and my wife is friends with Brandy. And well, the, rumors uh, are, the rumors are running rampant right now. This very moment, <laughs> the goddamn so, Twitter machine is going freaking crazy. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm so sorry. Cody and I have been have been talking, you know, uh, he, he came to impact uh, when he became a, a free agent, you know, uh, by his own doing. And, you know, before he signed with Ring of Honor, he came to impact. And I thought he did a great job and the stuff that he did with Moose. And he actually threw me out of the announce table onto the floor. And um, so, so I talked to him quite frequently. And uh, I'm just I'm proud of him, Jr. Like, I just think that 
everything those guys are doing, you know, when you sit back and look at it, it's like, it's, it's awe inspiring. Um, you know, and obviously we don't even know what this thing is yet. I may know a little bit more than, than the average person listening, but I don't think any of us really know what it is. I, I joked with Sanjay that I was going to ask you, uh, what it is when we did this interview today, because um, obviously the rumors are out there that, that you're involved. And I just think it's it's really cool, especially, you know, my wife works for Ring of Honor. And when she went there, I, I asked Cody to take care of her and, and make sure she was looked after. And, and just, you know, to have these friends, um, you know, you know this, that, you know, we, we're all in this business together, but you, you don't have a whole lot of friends, real no. friends. And I, and I consider Cody a real friend. That's good. Well, that's good. And hope that, hope that, uh, status is maintained because you don't walk out of the business uh, or start 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 exiting and with a lot of friends with you if you'll say oh it's so sad it's not sad it's just the nature of the beast i suggest yeah. it probably the same way in the nfl is that we sure as hell know it's that same way in uh, in entertainment you're, you're only as popular as your last hit and when you're no longer needed you're show the door and that's just how it is. When you're get when you can't run a four four anymore, you can't play wide receiver in the NFL type thing. You got to go. Yeah, and, and you know, and you really feel it. Like you know, the only people that I stay in touch with uh, from WWE are, are Marty Miller and Mark Palmarico, and those are two behind the scenes guys. Um, you know, and Cody was one of those people that I had stayed in touch. I can't remember who left first, um, but you know, he was one of those guys that you know we always text and we're on each other's Christmas card list uh, probably yeah. you know for for the next few decades. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Absolutely. Well, uh, I think time will tell sooner than later what's going to go on on this Tuesday, uh, January the 8th in Jacksonville. Uh, they have some big rally or some announcements. I'm not exactly, I, I really don't know. You know, my, I, I'm still under contract to WWE through the end of March. And, uh, you know, I, we have had no dialogue whatsoever about, uh, me staying or going. So, uh, and, and and I've just really been enjoying life, and uh, you know, so I, I'll I'll always weigh all the options, Josh. You know that, but and I love calling wrestling matches, but I don't know to what degree. How much do I love it? How much How much do you love to get back in on a weekly basis type thing? I don't know. I don't know that. I'm I'm 67 years old as of January 3rd. So what am I gonna? I'm just glad to get up in the morning, for God's sakes. <laughs> And have another have another crown royal, <laughs> but I have I have lessened the uh, what I mix it with. Now it's ice cubes. It's a pretty cool deal. It's, it's almost idiot proof. <laughs> so yeah, ice cubes and crown. Well, listen, man. Uh, you sound like you're doing good. Uh, I I I want to watch the show this Sunday because uh, I do expect it to be a real good wrestling show, uh, and you guys will do a good job calling it. Uh, I'm not being real high on wrestling announcing in general uh here in the last uh, few months not specifically you guys uh because like i said sometimes i forget you're on and i'm just being honest i should, should set my i should i should set my uh dvr gimmick that's what i should do well set it for uh january 11th when we switch to the pursuit network uh every friday night you can catch impact uh on pursuit i know that news uh broke over the holidays, so it might have gotten yeah. lost on some people. But uh, you know, we are switching networks in January, and and well, you know that's their thing. Producer Ted says it's channel six hundred four on Directv. Thank you, so Ted. You, so there you go. Yeah, don't give any encouragement for God's sakes. He's already thinks he's a star. <laughs> Jesus. All right, hey, look, Josh, I enjoyed catching up with you, buddy. Even on our this uh, 
kind of a serendipitous day. We lo- losing a great friend in Gene Okerlund, and uh, you know, boy, I will tell you, in closing, he that his he'll never be replaced. That role has gone to pretty pretty young women, seemingly, and are uh, are guys that are ex wrestlers that don't have a clue about how to uh, lead somebody in without getting themselves over. Uh, but Gene was the, the ultimate. You always the segment was always better when he was in it, and you always came out of it better than when the segment started, in my opinion. So he's just a cool dude too, funny. The, the you know what Josh? The only thing that might have been his downfall, and I say this tongue in cheek, is he loved being one of the boys. Yeah, yeah, he really did. And the one thing that I'll regret is I never got to play golf with Gene. We talked about it a lot. And, and I got to play with Pat Patterson once in Phoenix. I, I never got to play with Gene. And I would hear stories about his club in, in Florida and, and some of the rules or the lacks of rules that were at that club that I think I would have had a lot of fun down there with him. <laughs> I did hear you made Patterson's putter flutter, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, listen, uh, I hope you had a great holiday. Uh, have a have a big time weekend and uh, call the dogs as they say. Maybe and tell tell Callis to give you something for a change. You know, bring something. <laughs> God Almighty, because he's a big executive now globally, he still got to carry he, his share of the water. He's everywhere. Don is everywhere. He's in. Uh, he left for Tokyo today, and uh, he'll be back in Nashville on the fifth. And I think we're gonna have dinner on on Saturday. But uh, Jr., thank you. I want to wish you a, a happy birthday as well. Oh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Listen, uh, break a leg and have fun. I'll be watching. Yes, sir. Sunday homecoming live on pay-per-view. Please uh, join us on uh, cable. Join us there in Nashville. Join us on the Fight app, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a show. I have had a great time today on the program. Uh, Been fun. Good show. It's uh, kind of melancholy at times. Talking about Gene Oakley. You know, on Wednesday, I got a call from Alex Metz the producer at Bust Open Radio, Channel 93 on Sirius XM. Uh, and I jumped on with uh, Dave LaGreca and uh, Bully Ray, a.k.a. Bubba Ray, uh, one of those damn Dudleys, and uh, talked about Gene, enjoyed it. It's kind of cathartic. Thought about Gene a lot driving up here today. Just can't believe he's gone. So uh, it's going to happen to all of us, right, folks? It's going to happen to all of us. Uh, but he was sure loved. Uh, the uh, we ask you for not not a lot here uh, to rate and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcast, uh, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, you can subscribe at that uh, that location. And our show is free, so you got you you get exactly what you pay for. I've always said uh, we need those five star ratings. We're trying to try to get to two thousand five star ratings. We need 324 of those. So if you have the time or inclination to give us a five-star rating, we would thank you for that. Uh, Lee Woe YC says, my weekly wrestling fix won't be complete without hearing from JR. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Lee. Our old friend Joey Bag of Donuts, 412. I started to say it's Joey Bag of Donuts, 420, uh, but it wasn't. But uh, Joey Bag of Donuts 412 says, Jim Ross is the gold standard of announcing. And now he's the gold standard of podcasting. Wow. That's pretty cool. There's a lot of good podcasts here on Westwood One, by the way. You should download the app. It's the network that Tim Sabian built. And uh, finally, from Brad A. 
81-69. I had no idea what the hell that means. After spending over 20 years listening to the great JR, I feel like I know him and that he's a friend. Love the show. Listen to every episode and support his sponsors every chance I get. Thanks, JR. No, thank you, Brad. Appreciate that. And supporting those sponsors is not a bad thing. Uh, so you rate, you subscribe, all those things, all the places that you normally would if you watch wherever you're getting your podcast, Apple Podcasts. We've gone over this stuff ad nauseum. You know what you're doing. And we appreciate your supporting our brand and helping us grow. Simple as that. Uh, remember, you can send your comments, questions, interview suggestions uh, to the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. A uh, new episode escapes every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. You can count on me. i got your back now. I'm on Twitter at JRSBBQ. And on Facebook and Instagram at Jim Ross BBQ. So, uh, uh, oh, yeah. I was, don't forget about that big sale to my buddy Ryan Barkin. There's so many favors for me and it helps me out so much. Uh, the big big sale at Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, Use that promo code Russell Kingdom uh, at prowrestlingtees.com slash Jim Ross and start your saving and uh, stock up on some JR swag and save 20% and sizes up to 5X. That ain't bad. Next week, first time guest, Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet, formerly of TMZ, will join me for the first time here. We'll uh, find out what the hell he was thinking about getting and becoming a dirt sheet rider. <laughs> Boy, that'll break the ice. Uh, his experiences at TMZ and how they relate or prepared him for this. And uh, he, uh, Ryan's very aggressive, and he's usually one of those guys that's kind of at the front of the front of the equation on some of these stories that break, which means he probably doesn't sleep, and he has a litany of contacts and people on the ground. So we'll talk about that side of life. And if you got questions for him, you can always remember, you can email them to me, thejimrossreport at gmail.com. Pretty damn simple. So until next week, I appreciate you being with us. Hope you had a wonderful holiday period. Hope you enjoyed our show, the king of my show from uh, Cleveland, special edition. Thanks to producer Ted for getting that all spiffy and nice. Got a lot of good feedback on that show. And uh, we appreciate you checking it out. So uh, until next week, uh, continue to do good things for others. Uh, don't, don't be ashamed to pat yourself on the back every now and then for doing something really nice. Because it makes us feel better when we're doing something nice and when, we're, and when we are acknowledged by such. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So uh, our tomorrow's folks, remember, are never guaranteed. So I'm off now in my big old black Escalade. And I am buying cheaper gas because the oil prices are down. I'm a happy man. And I'm hungry. So until next week, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying so long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast Network's ENC's Pod of Awesomeness. Your host, Edge and Christian, talk wrestling. Becky Lynch, thanks I for coming on. So if we look at the trajectory, I'll probably be the double champ. I'm going to walk out there with the SmackDown Women's Champion and the Raw Women's Champion. I'm going to carry the whole company on my back and just walk right out of there like a donkey. ENC's Pod of Awesomeness. Download it free and easy wherever you get your podcasts from the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, 
It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.